We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome on in to Two Jocks and One Slow. Two Jocks and a Slow. Ah, I can't even do it, right? Every single time I mess it up. We are back. I am here. I am One Jock, Colin Cernelia, with my other jock, Matt Root. Matt, say hi. Hey, everyone. And, of course, we have our lovable slub, Ethan Ertz. Ethan, say hi to everyone. Hi. <laughs> so enthusiastic and on brand right there. I want to uh, start today just apologizing really quickly to everybody. I got a little too comfortable after our big episode with Joe Paz. And uh, as you can hear the beautiful music in your background right now, the audio was a little off last week, uh, including the very funny Letterman and KD exchange. So I actually want to play that really quick just for people who didn't hear that. It's like 10 seconds long. So we're going to play that really quick here. Get that out of the way and then move into what we have to talk about today. Uh, uh, Dave from uh, Basketball Digest. Kevin, uh, uh, KD, why, why do people call you KD? Um, Can I call you KD? Or? Yeah. Okay. My, my first name is Kevin. Uh-huh. Right. And my second name, my last right, name, my second name, my last name is Durant with a D. KD? <laughs> Still kills me when he says, oh, I got to write that down <laughs> every single time. All right. Uh, so we certainly have a lot to get through as we normally do uh, this podcast, although it, it's the show where the content is made up and the segments don't matter. Or as Matt Root likes to say, merging b- sports, beer and music since 2001. And nonsense. Uh, and nonsense. Yes, that's what it is. I'll get it one of these weeks, guys. <laughs> Maybe. I, I promise. It, it will make really me make happen. a new mug. Yeah. Yes, yes. It can be me messing up all the time. Like, I feel like <laughs> Bill, this is how Bill Burr is on his podcast. He, like, messes up all the time. That's exactly what I feel like. Uh, but I figured we could uh, start with some quick hits. I told, I told you guys because uh, what we're going to do today is get pretty detailed into the baseball playoffs. And then we're going to finish off by talking about music because we really neglected music <clears> as <throat> baseball the pennant race heated up and the end of the season with everything. So we're going to try to get through as much as we can uh, and not uh, rant on too much 
although people seem to love that from Ethan. But um, I will I will kick off the quick hits here. Um, first, I want to say to Matt and everyone who's watching via YouTube, this is a delicious beer, Heavy Beats from Mobtown Brewing Company. Uh, Matt sent a little care package. Uh, I've also actually already eaten three of the tasty cakes <laughs> that, that you sent to. And uh, to give you a count of how many days I've had the tasty cakes, it's been three. So one a day, uh, that, that's how much I love these tasty cakes. So thank you, Matt, for that. Thank you for the beer. Super tasty. Cheers. Pete, the Jersey, still number four in the country. They got jumped by the team that they're playing this Saturday, number three, Iowa. Top five matchup in the Big Ten. It's the first time since 1997. Holy shit. That Ohio State is not involved in a top five matchup in the Big Ten. It's the first time since the 60s that it's not Ohio State or Michigan. Wow. So this is, yeah. That's a pretty big deal. The line as of uh, today is one and a half to Iowa. It is a a home game um, for Iowa. But, um, I mean, if, if you ask me right now, gun to my head, uh, Penn State's offense is way better than Iowa's offense. And so as long as Sean Clifford doesn't revert back to 2020 Sean Clifford, I think they're going to walk out of Kinnick with a win on Saturday and uh, a number three ranking at the at the very, very least. Uh, yeah, but I swear Iowa grows like giant men in the corn. They um, do. They do. Like Wisconsin must do something similar too. But just like <laughs> you just see, I mean, they just look extra big. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like there's going to be some – seven foot two tight end who's like got tree trunks for arms just like he can't run he can't really catch but he'll kind of lumber into the end zone and put his hands up and like oh there you go like oh touchdown so you know yeah man i just they're they're all modern day versions of mickey mantle like they they come from the cornfield and they have big forearms big necks and you know they they talk really deep with their midwestern drawl however you want to talk like that but um yeah super excited for that game so that that's uh that's coming up this weekend also want to throw some love out to another penn stater new york giants running back saquon barkley they finally used him as a playmaker on sunday and boy did he come through not only did the giants come back and win a game on the road that they totally should have lost but saquon helped me win both of my fantasy leagues so suck on that sam (laughs) sam's married now sam conley i was gonna say sam hooker uh suck on that because you lost big time and and your husband's gonna give me shit but i don't care saquon's awesome what do you gotta say about that matt does this mean that Saquon is finally the leading rusher on his own team <laughs> instead of so- <laughs> quarterback slash guy who can can't even run the field without during over during a the Daniel game Jones. during the game Matt texts me he's like yeah well Daniel Jones has the most rushing yards it's like double the average blah 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 and everything and I said to him I was like yeah well that's what happens when you're running for your life on literally every single play when hey, it's but broken seven on. yards per carry and that's a guy that trips over the line on the field like that's one of my favorite blooper. I mean, that's right up there with the butt fumble guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, Danny Jones runs way better than Eli Manning ever did. Well, okay, but, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. He's. It's not like he can't move. But uh, oh my god, when, Eli when looks I like saw... a puppet that just came to life and is learning how to run. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, can't, you know, for a career 500 quarterback, I guess that's uh, that's all you need. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I two Super felt, Bowl wins. It felt good so. to be. It right, felt guys. good to be excited about the Giants. I didn't see it live, and when I saw the highlights, and just to see, I mean, Saquon burned the defense on on the one uh, catch that he had, and then the touchdown to win the game. I mean, 
Um, I, w- I wouldn't say he ran anybody over, but he definitely slipped through a few tackles to get those six yards to get to the goal line and just end it right there. So it's nice to see him cut. Nice to see them use him as a playmaker versus the check down option every single time, like he's been doing for three years. But um, and, and that wasn't a sarcastic, awesome one. I mean, like I was, I am, I want to do well. Like so, when he said I, he just won the game, like I was good, like that yeah. good, like I want <laughs> a, an athlete to excel, but. Yes. You know, I, don't, I didn't want the nuance to be lost on a text message there. Like, <laughs> oh, awesome. He just won the game. No, like, good job. Good job. That's exactly what I was thinking, though, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. My last quick hits here, real quick. Uh, probably next week. I know a lot of you, uh, I, I had some people reach out to me, and Matt and I talked about this too. We will have uh, Hannah Lichtenstein come back on the Sabina. Um, big breaking scandal news in the national women's soccer league last week. Uh, Hannah's a little busy uh, with her full-time job and just trying to process all that, but she definitely wants to come on. So hopefully we'll be able to get her next week for that. Finally um, shout out to my cousin, Greg, who told like basically everybody that was at my brother's wedding this weekend about the podcast. So (laughs) we have a bunch of new listeners uh, this week, shout out to him. And also shout out to my cousin, Kristen, who also started the podcast this past weekend while uh, she was grading (laughs) papers. Uh, She texted me this morning, Ethan, and she said, and she also commented on one of our YouTube videos. So shout out to that. But she said, I love watching Ethan eat his dinner. That was what she said. (laughs) You come on and you're like, oh, I already ate my dinner. And I'm like, come on, man. We have people who want to see this. Thank you, Kristen. I actually have a bowl of some of my tortellini that's left over. I can go and grab it. It's just down the counter. I'm just a little full, but you know. Tortellini, that, that sounds good. Yeah, I, it's like frozen tortellini is one of my go-tos because it's really quick. And when I get home at like 8 or 8.30 and I'm fucking hungry and I've been teaching all day, I don't have the time or the energy to like make anything. So Ethan, it's very easy. Remember, that's the content America wants. They're <laughs> eating something next week. <laughs> they want yeah. me eating something. All right. Yeah. You know, we listen to our fans. So fucking <laughs> next week, I will be chowing down on something. <laughs> I fucking love it. All right, Rudy. You get to go since you're the other Jack. What quick hits you got for us today? Oh, man. Um, oh, shit. So I, I was just joking with you before we started. We, you know, we're trying to do a couple different things with baseball reference. And I, I like going down just really, really weird random rabbit holes on baseball reference. So um, one of the things I found really funny, uh, the Syracuse AAA baseball team, I got on their baseball reference page today. They've never had a season where they've finished above 600 and and their yeah. winning percentage, they had one season where they were exactly 600, and every year they've been uh, 599 or less. So that that's 100 years of mediocrity in Syracuse. That was pretty disappointing. Uh, and then getting into just uh, some of the other um, really, really ancient uh, team names. You got, like, the Brooklyn Tip Tops and the Chicago Whales and the, the Newark Peppers. I just was in a really – I mean, I should have been, you know – probably doing work. It was my lunch break, but I was looking at stuff at, at work on baseball reference, but I went on that hole because uh, most of last night I was watching the ESPN two Statcast uh, uh, analytics themed broadcast of the wildcard game, the wildcard game last night. I really, really enjoyed that. I missed it earlier this season. Um, from what I heard, it was way better than the nonsense that was going on on actual ESPN. Uh, there's quite a bit of Twitter feed out there that just, lists some of the really, really bad things that 
A-Rod said. Um, it was kind of comical. I could just imagine that happening. So please, please, ESPN, if you're listening, no more Matt Vas- Vasgerian, right? That's how you say it? Vasgerian, I think. Vasgerian, okay. And no more A-Rod, please. Please. I'd rather have the nerdy stat head color commentator who had terrible timing and um, was messing up quite last night because at least he was really interesting to listen to. And I enjoyed yeah. hearing what he said. Um, and he even acknowledged and made fun of himself when he did talk too long or talk into play. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's mainly it. Other than that, um, Packers, uh, Packers this week, I got I just got to give a shout out to shoring up the defense. They just signed with Jalen Smith from the uh, cut from the Cowboys. So you've got a, a former, <clears throat> Uh, all-star right there, excuse me, all-star, uh, pro bowler that the, the Packers just brought on to, to shore up that linebacking core. Um, and they were going after Stefan Gilmore too, but, um, looks like the Patriots didn't want to just cut. Him, so they, they traded them to the Collins new, uh, guilty pleasure team down there in Carolina, the Panthers for a sixth round pick. They gave yeah. him away. Fleeced um, him. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited now. I'm, you know, I'm fully in football season mode. I don't really have a college team to root for. I don't even know how my college team's doing, but uh, yeah, go Pack go. They looked pretty good last week. Uh, I'm looking forward to continuing. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say they're they're back after that first week, whatever that was. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Rogers just wanted to remind people that he could play really badly <laughs> if he wanted to. <laughs> maybe he had some bad Thai food before the game. I don't know. You know, I, someone Jordan. was saying, telling me the other day that uh, Shylane Woodley's like like a really, really big, like actual super hippie wants to drive around the country and, you know, live in her van, which is awesome. She's, you know, she's a famous actress. She's got a lot of money. She can do that. But she was at the the pipeline uh, protest a couple of years ago. So she does actually live that life and awesome for her. Maybe that's rubbing off on Aaron. Maybe it's too many State Farm commercials. I don't know, but it is good to see them performing again because this may be the last chance I get to see good football in Green Bay for a couple of years. Oh, stop it. They'll, they'll be fine, man. What do you, did you tell us what you're drinking? Oh no. So I got, well, I mean, I'm halfway through now cause I started before the call, the, the, the podcast, but went to a new brew with my brother this weekend called human robot repping their, their t-shirt as well. Mm-hmm. It's in downtown Philly. I got a Hallertau pills, got a little dachshund on it. That's why I bought it because the dachshund, but the beer is delicious too. Uh, <laughs> awesome little place. They do this, and I, I was too chicken to try it. I got to try it with my brother next time. It, it's called a milk pour, and it's this, it's, it looks like a tube. It's just a very skinny glass, and it's 99% foam with a little bit of beer, of beer on the bottom. And I guess it's supposed, like they charge you two bucks for it, then you're supposed to chug it. Um, I had, I guess it's a Philly thing. I don't know. We're going to try it, but we're going to, and, and if Dad, if you're listening, I'm ruining the surprise. Great. If not, Oh, well, you're not listening. So um, we're going to we're going to take my parents there next time they're in town. And my brother and I are just going to nonchalantly open or order a milk pour each and chug it in front of my dad and watch him freak out because we just bought beer that was all foam. Um, we think that's going to be funny. It's going to be a little social. Mm-hmm. Do get parents down here. I will update the podcast on how that goes. Uh, <laughs> you know, if there's one thing I, I know about John Rudy doesn't like foamy beer. So that's but, nice. yeah, Ethan, what are you drinking? I am drinking a switchback ale that Matt gave to me this weekend. <laughs> it's nice and malty, right? I like it. It's good. I've actually never had one before. Jeremy no. loves these. Yeah. Really? It's like I've... the 
special beer of Vermont. It's like Yingling in Vermont. Yeah, no, I've never had it. But Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy loves it, of course, because he's lived in Vermont for a really long time. Jeremy's my brother, for those who don't know. And uh, and he's talked about it, and I've never had it before. And it's tasty. And what I also like is, according to the can, they are 100% employee-owned. So I'm yes. into that. Yeah, Colin, awesome. are you playing me off? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get the background playing, music in for trying you. Trying to play me off, so I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people get so depressed. Matt, what were you about to say? Hey, it's an awesome little place up in Burlington. When we first visited them, they literally were just a warehouse. And they like, our tour was like, well... That's where we brew the beer, and um, that's where we can the beer, and that's where we've got the fridge of the beer. We make two kinds, the blue label and the red label, and uh, we got some taps over here on the side of the cooler. So uh, you want some beer? Yeah, that yeah. was literally the tour, and it was great. That's um, awesome. They've since grown uh, much more than that. They've got a big, nice, beautiful tap in there. They brew more than two beers now, uh, but it's really cool. Uh, if you guys are up in Burlington and want to avoid one of the really pretentious... Um, Outed beer IPA places and not just a good copper amber ale. Switchback ale is delicious. Yep. That's it. Sorry. I got a little excited there. No, it was good. Beer. That was excellent. <laughs> Nicely done. <clears throat> you got to tell us any quick hits you got, Ethan? Oh, I, I didn't know if I was going or not. Because did you tell me that we were going to do this beforehand? Did you tell us? Yes, I did. You probably you. did. All right. Well, no surprise. I did not think about this or plan ahead. Um, but I can just I can just do something off the cuff here. Uh, um, so first quick hit. You may have noticed at the beginning of the show that Colin fucked up the name of our podcast. <laughs> Let me explain the background with that. I don't know if I talked about this in the first episode. So before we started the podcast, we were debating between like two jocks and a schlub, two jocks comma one schlub, two jocks and one schlub. We were debating. I voted for two jocks and a schlub. And that's obviously what we eventually went with. And the reason that I don't like two jocks, one schlub, I also I don't think it I don't think it flows as well, but also it makes me think of two girls, one cup. And those who are like in our age range will know. And I just there's just something about the way that's said, the way that, that those syllables ring. It just makes you think of two girls, one cup. And uh, so two jocks and a schlub is slightly better. So that's the whole point with that from the beginning of the show. Disclaimer, those listening who aren't in our generation, don't look that up, please. And I oh, yeah, don't look it up. Gonna, me saying this is going to make you want to do it, but don't. Number one, you'll never want to look at your computer screen again. Number two, it will probably put you on a list somewhere. Uh, I got tricked into watching it into college, and I still have in college and still have recovered. So please, please don't. Yeah, for real, don't. And I'm the type of dude, like, I love shock factor humor. I love to, like... I love offending people and getting people out of their comfort zone, but don't go, don't watch the video. It's, it's no, don't bother. It's gross. Don't put yourself through that. Um, there was something else I was going to say. What the fuck was I thinking about? I don't know. I was going to mention. One, I got one. We're talking about music today. <laughs> <laughs> you got those ready for me. I love it. The crickets and the snoring. Just put those on. Like every time I talk, I think that's really good. Uh, Matt, me, go uh, ahead. Sorry. I got to give you, I got to give you more space for sound effects you should make something make fun of me or something. i don't know but uh baseball and music they, they announced a combination baseball music music festival yesterday called the innings festival out in tempe arizona it's a two-day festival it's uh in february it's headliners it's going to be during spring training which is awesome uh head, headliners are food fighters and tame and pala um but you got some neat ones further down the line in there like um, the All-Star Baseball Jam, hosted by Jake Peavy. Uh, I'm kind of curious what that is. And then they've got 
um, appearance by MLB legends. It says, uh, and they have a whole list down there. I'll just, uh, I'll list a couple Clemens, Tim Raines, Kenny Lofton, uh, Jim Abbott, Tim Salmon, uh, and more to be announced soon. So, um, wow. that caught my eye, obviously yeah. February is busy season for me, so I can't make it out to Arizona. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's pretty what's, cool. What's the lineup for the bands? Did they say? Uh, the, I mean, I, I don't want to read the whole thing, but I, the, the headliners, I will be the main headliners. Uh, so on Saturday it was Foo Fighters was the main headliner oh, with uh, Saint Vincent and Billy Strings, and then Ethan Camp is going to be out there too. Mm, Billy uh, Strings is awesome. I like Billy Strings. Camp I know uh, of. And then um, I actually like a lot of bands on the Sunday lineup. So Tame Impala, My Morning Jacket, Black Pumas, Fixing the Fits in the Tantrums, Matt and Kim, Nothing But Thieves, and a couple others I've never heard of. So. Um, so to all of our Arizona listeners, and we know we have a lot out there, Arizona is a two jocks and a schlub like powerhouse. There's like thousands and thousands in Arizona. So there you go. Get your tickets. <laughs> so good. So good. Man, you are you are on tonight. <laughs> I, told, I told Matt before you came on, Ethan, I was like, this is what I do between episodes, like all week between episodes. I just play around with different sounds to put on the soundboard. So I was totally ready to go. Perfect. <laughs> all right uh real quick before we get into baseball playoffs we have a mailbag or not a mailbag a um yeah actually we have a mailbag question uh real quick and we have a review uh, this is not the funny review that um i'm going to tease that ethan's going to read next week so definitely oh, good i'll tune have time in. to prepare okay good yep definitely <laughs> tune in next week ethan has a very funny review to read uh, so this review comes uh, five star says funny love to hear these guys talking about sports and beer. I can feel the energy of Ethan's rants through my AirPods. Matt's intelligence and kindness shines through <laughs> and Colin is the glue making it professional. Also Colin's wife sounds awesome. That's funny. Who's that from? Do we know? Yeah, I definitely know. Oh, you, you Come do. On. You Come on. Context clues, Ethan. Context clues. It's it's from my wife. Yeah. Oh, come right. on! I want well, to see okay. how long it would take before. Well, because no, but it wouldn't necessarily be Toddy. There could be like any of our friends could very easily review this and just say that oh, Colin's wife is awesome. Like any of our friends would do that. That's true. So, yeah, but who also is right when they say that I'm so nice and intelligent? Right. That's exactly where I was going with this. Too. I mean, this is a common narrative among the extended Cerniglia clan that Matt it's is true. that Matt is some like super nice, like fucking superhero <laughs> mensch or something. And he's just not. It's a fucking facade and you are all falling for it. You guys are credulous and gullible and fucking stupid. You know, I think it's because I've never puked on any of their patios. <laughs> <laughs> Have we talked never about that on the never. pod? Only the first one. I, I teased the second one. Oh, OK. All right. We'll do the yeah, we'll do the second one in the future. Yeah. Well, thanks for the review, Toddy. We assume. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to save the mailbag for when we talk about music because it's a music related mailbag question. So, let's get in to talking about the baseball playoffs. Um, do you guys just want to get the Yankees out of the way and then we'll move on to everyone? Yeah. Let's else. get it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ethan seems like he's ready. So, uh, Ethan, you you dive right in. Yeah, so um, uh, a lot of times I get home too late and I don't have time to really catch much. But but last night I was actually home in time and I was able to watch the majority of the game. Um, although I think I did turn it off in the 7th or the 8th later in the game. Anyways, really difficult game to watch. The Yankees this year were a really frustrating team. They were like a Jekyll and Hyde team 
when they were on, they were so good. Like that that winning streak. How long was that one? Thirteen games. 13. That winning streak. Fifteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. But when they weren't on, and and other than that winning streak, they were pretty eh for most of the year, right? They were kind of mediocre, and sometimes they just looked like fucking dog shit. Um, and that was the case last night. They just they looked horrible. Garrett Cole, our three hundred and twenty-four million dollar man, or however much it was, um, totally shat the bed in the biggest game of the year. And uh, so you don't you don't like to see that uh, from your from your fucking mo- highest profile signing in years. Um, yeah. So that was really depressing. And then the bats, the bats looked horrible. They looked lost up there in the field. They looked sluggish. Um, it was just depressing to watch. I am curious. We don't. Uh, after you guys give your general impressions, I'm kind of curious. We should talk about the decision to send Judge on on the Stanton play. I want to hear what you guys think about that. We'll do that afterwards. But all in all, just a really depressing game. Um, you know, especially after we just annihilated them in Fenway in that series. What a week ago? Like, or you know, a week and a half ago, whatever it was. Um, so just difficult to watch. A tough ending to the season. Um, Colin, we were texting earlier, Colin was saying that he thinks this team needs like a big makeover. And and Joe Paz actually wrote the same thing on, on his website. And I hadn't really been thinking that, but I think you guys are probably right. I think we're going to be looking at a pretty different team next year. Um, and I think we probably, probably need to, you know, you look at like, you look at the decline of Glaber and Gary, uh, DJ. Um, and obviously with those kinds of things, it's really, really hard to pinpoint the cause, right? We try to scapegoat things and it's, but we don't actually know we're not in the clubhouse, but when you have that many negative results and, and like, uh, uh, declines from, from people, from people that you have really big expectations for, there's going to be big changes, I think. So a rough ending, but we still have lots of talent. So, you know, we should still be good next year. should be competitive, but anyways. Me, me, or you, Colin? Because I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of already ready to launch into the whole Yankees rebuild. Like, Go I've ahead. got so, so number one, as much as I wish he would be gone, I don't think later. I don't think Gary goes anywhere this year. Um, just because hmm. unless unless catch swing the trade, there is nothing out there in the catcher's market. So I, I think uh, we're we're stuck with another year of Gary and Hagee. Maybe Gary turns it around. Um, but that's nice. not going anywhere. He is going to be like 29 next year with a big prime year for Gary. He'll be like 29 years old. Okay. So who okay. knows? Maybe so he'll got, yeah. maybe a chance. Maybe. He's, Sorry. Maybe he can earn more than his 0.7 war than this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a DJ. I mean, I did, I did kind of cheekily send out that stat cast to you guys. You know, and since he's been on the Yankees, they're what, 200 and 130 when he's in the lineup and 23 and 25 when he's not. Um, and and this is a little bit of uh, a little bit of stretching the math, but if you prorate last year's sixty-game season to a full season, DJ um, over his 30, 30, 31, and thirty-two year old seasons, only one more alert worse than Robbie Cano was. So, um, yeah, but what are the um, chances he would have actually done that over the course of a whole season? Well, well you got to yeah, figure I mean, there'd that, be that, some. Again, that, that's why I said it's stretching the math. Um, you know, also. Um, there was a pretty precipitous drop off this year, and you know that's why a lot of the uh, advanced um, statisticians out there, those baseball reference hunters, look at seven-year stretches, not three-year stretches. And you look best seven-year stretches of major leaguer mm-hmm. to kind of get that idea of your career. Um, yeah. But I don't think those pieces are going. I'm really interested to see what happens. I mean, there has to be some sort of fix for base. Um, there's got to be some sort of fix for labor. Um, Did you say third base or first base? First base. First um, base. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, this is a team that was favored to in everything. Yeah. Um, and pretty heavily favored. Yep. So to see them kind of limp out of the playoffs. Yeah, okay, Boone made the playoffs every, every, each year that he's uh, uh, been a Yankee manager, but he's had arguably the best team the four years that he's been a manager now. Arguably, and what actually happened, they're different. No. Last year was a weird season. You know, people didn't perform this year, but still, I, I'm with you guys. I see kind of big changes coming up. The, the, the question is, do we spend to make those changes happen and how flexible can we be? Um, because I have a feeling we're going to pay judge. Is he, and is he up? Is he, is his contract up? He's entering his final year, final year, next year, final year final. of arbitration. Okay. So he's, he's looking for his deal. Yeah. Um, so what happens after that? Do we, do we want four $300 million contracts? Um, who would it? So what? G uh, Cole, who, who's judge. Who and then well, the judge would be, who would be fourth? Potentially what I do at first. So oh, whatever we do at first, is there anybody yeah. a free agent at first? Who's that good? That would get 300 mil. Freddie Freeman. Maybe. I don't think he'd get 300 mil. Yeah. He's not that good. He's no. really good, but I don't think three, especially cause he's our age. He's like 31. Yeah. There's no yeah. way he gets 300 mil. I could see one of the so big think, shortstops getting that maybe yeah. not for uh, maybe that's, it, but, that's gotta be it. Yeah. Um, I think what happens is we, we strike out on the shortstop market and we strike out on the first base market and we get panic and we dump $400 million on not 400, probably $200 million for four seasons or something on Max Scherzer's front steps and say, please. And, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like that. He's already 37. I mean, he's still great, but what are the chances he stays great for four more years? Like he's already defying the odds. We do some weird stuff. J.A. Happ is still pitching. Yeah. Fair enough. So what you're what you're alluding to, Matt, is so two of the three biggest questions that I have going into this offseason is can they fix the development piece and can they spend, will they spend money? And will they spend it smartly? Well right. Will they will they will they spend it the way they've been spending it or yeah, will or they make a panic signing? Right, right, right. And um I don't know. I don't know the answer to either one of those, obviously. I think given everything that's happened, I think the biggest issue though is, you know, whether, whether you want to place more blame or less blame on Boone. um, I just, I don't see it working out any longer. I I, think there's, go ahead, ahead, Colin. I I was just going to say, I think there's a clear, this is this right now is a clear marker in Yankee history, they stumbled into the playoffs. There's no like, oh my God, we had this historic comeback and like Boone rallied the troops around and everything. Like they stumbled in, they had a chance to host the game yesterday. They laid, they got embarrassed on Saturday. Like to me, that was the final nail in the coffin. Was that the 12 to two game? Yeah. 16 to yeah, whatever. Um, Yeah. Like laying an egg against a division rival that pretty much trolls the fuck out of you on a regular basis. I mean, and then, and then laying an egg against Boston. What else, what other evidence do you need that? And I'm not saying Boone's a terrible manager. um, But I I just, I just don't know how you, how you even look the team, like the team has. So, so I was thinking about this, Aaron Boone, I think is a great person but he almost has that urban Meyer energy because of his heart 
condition where it's like he can't even enjoy it because it's so fucking stressful and he thinks he's probably gonna you know die at any minute like that's what it looks like with him like when he came to the yankees he was he was joe cool like he was joe tory like you look at him now and he just looks like he's a totally different person like he looks like a president you know four years into his term and like do you want to go another four years with that like there's just no there's to me there's been no indication that this is this is going to get better for Boone in the long run he may be a good manager somewhere else but I don't know that New York is the market for for him to do it given his heart condition and given the pressure I mean we're so here's the other thing you guys say all you want and at the end of the day to me this is just how major league baseball is in the modern era and I'll even say this is how major league baseball has been since the Yankees of the sixties dynasty ended. Because if you take that stretch from 1964, the last time they played in the world series in the sixties until modern day, they have the most championships of any team by one. I think the Cardinals have the second most, the fucking athletics have four championships since then. Um, And the Yankees have gone through a 12 year. They went through a 12 year, postseason drought after 64 then they went through a 15 year world series drought now we're in another 12 year world series drought like this is this is just how things are like everyone who wants to say my yankees did this my yankees did that it was like a six-year fucking period where they got super fucking lucky and joe tory pulled every right string that everybody is just trying to cling on like everything else and this is why this is why i wrote my book like they are very good at adjusting and they need to adjust right now. Like they need to address the fact that this team is so unathletic and they, they, they can't have Aaron judge getting thrown out at fucking home plate by a mile on, you know, ball that hits, you know, the wall and, and he was taken off on contact. Like there was no hesitation. He still didn't even come close to score. Everybody runs the same way on that team as Aaron judge. They're all big. They're all lumbery. They're all slow. Nobody has athleticism. Nobody who's a regular player has the athleticism that some of these other teams in the playoffs do. And like, that's where it goes back to me, like the development piece. Can they fix that with the current people that they have? I don't know. Cause like CC Spathia said on R2C2 today, you would have told him in 2017 that this core hasn't won a ring yet. He would have thought you were fucking crazy. And yet here we are. So I, I'm not saying blow it up, but I'm saying this is a clear turning point in Yankee history. And what happens next is going to either blow it up or it's going to make it a lot better. Like they can't stay where they are and expect to be happy as an organization. Fuck the fans. I don't care what the fans think, but as an organization, they can't expect to be happy where they are right now. That's, that's my two cents. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. I don't think. And I, I'm, I think it's interesting with Boone. I, you know, we'll have to do a deep dive on this, uh, sometime, some episode. And we've talked a little bit about this, I think on the pod, and certainly we've talked about it just in, in regular life, but this whole idea of, of managers in baseball, I feel like, I feel like managers in baseball is like the hardest coaching position to quantify out of all of the major sports in the NFL and the NBA. There's such a, there's a much more direct impact. And I think probably you could say that about the NHL too, maybe to a certain extent, with baseball, yeah, there's some strategy in terms of how you use the bullpen and like occasional pinch hitters and things like that. 
But we suspect, and I think most people probably suspect, that a manager's impact is far more important off off the field. Um, and so what's really interesting is all we can ever do is just give like broad speculation. Like we never are actually going to know unless we're like a beat reporter. Like Lindsay Adler, she probably has a good idea because she's in the clubhouse every day, you know? Um, but like for us, we have no idea. And so, yeah, we have to go by like the on-field results and 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 just and whatever we can see from the players' interactions on the fields or their interactions with Boone. But it's always just been so fascinating to me that it's so important, but we we have like no fucking clue. I think you guys are probably right. I think that Boone, you know, he's had four years. It's been kind of rough. It's It's been okay, but it's hard to imagine him getting extended. It seems like maybe it's just not the right fit. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Cash decides to give him like two years or three years um, and just see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm 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 a little I'm a little more extreme here. I I, I know managing the players is you know and managing those relationships is important, but it feels like it's he's he's crossed a fine line between protecting his guys and coddling his guys. Um, you know, I, I think I, I'm done hearing the empty platitudes of oh well he just didn't have his stuff today. Well, no, they stunk today. Or um, you know, use the strategic benching here. There, send a message to Gary after his, I don't know, 50th mistake this year. I mean, he, mm-hmm. where was, where was any sort of response after what we saw in, in Baltimore with our own eyes, Ethan, like, like yeah, some enough. sort of, some sort of response to tell the player that this is not okay. I understand that Gary knows it's not okay. They, you know, all the players know the performance is not okay, but there's gotta be something more than, Oh, well, it just was a tough play and it didn't go our way or, you know, some sort of empty coaching speak. The other thing is, there are some solid things you can point to this year. Um, we didn't hit well. So, uh, you know, whether or not it's it's um, Marcus Timms and uh, PJ, and I'm forgetting his last name, but our, our hitting coach's fault or not, they're going to be scapegoated for that. Also, we had the most outs on the base pass this year, and we were tied for the league lead for outs at home, I think, with oh, Baltimore. Yeah, somewhere. they were talking about that. They were talking uh, about the, that last night. Yeah, so, I can't remember who it was, yeah. Reggie Willits is probably gone. Um, the decision that Phil Nevin made at third base last night, that might put the, be, put the nail in his coffin. So if if Boone does stick around, if Cash does give him two years, then I think his coaching staff is scapegoated and they are all gone. I think the safest guy on the staff is Matt Blake, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, pitching I feel like was actually pretty solid. It was yeah. some of the best it's ever been. Oh. Yeah. Um, now, I, I will say, uh, just to go back to something you said earlier, Ethan, you talked about smart, smart money. Um, yeah. I want to challenge that because some of the things that we thought were smart money aren't looking that smart anymore. We have Aaron Hicks for four more years. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we were talking about that. Were we talking about that last weekend, Matt? Yeah. 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 It's look, so easy to Hicksie, Hicksie can be a wild card. Yeah. You know, Hicksie can be, you know, the, this is where, like, Bernie Williams gets thrown into this, like, silo where he was, like, the Bernie Williams that we know for his whole career. But, like, Bernie stunk when he first came up to the Yankees. And I'm not saying that Aaron Hicks is going to turn into Bernie Williams, but they clearly missed Aaron Hicks this year. Here's Way the thing with Hicks, though. Here's Way the thing with Hicks, anyone. though, that's crazy. So Hicks has been in the league since 2013. How many? So that's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine seasons, okay, including 2020. We can kind of forget about 2020 if we want. But in those nine years, how many seasons do you think he played more than 100 games? four and he's got 12 war two okay two. i know he's got 12 and, war 
And in those I seasons, a hundred, right. yeah, you did, Kyle. 123 games was one and 137 was the other. You could conceivably call 137 kind of a full season. Yeah. 123 is not. That's not a full year. That's close. That's like two thirds, but that you missed some decent time if you only played 123 games. So that's in nine years. He's already, he's our age. He's 31. His prime is over. So the fact that we have four more years of him, yeah, does yeah, not look I, good. Now, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not worrisome. I'm just saying he's he has some of that athleticism that he does when he's healthy. Of. Yeah, yeah. But I would say, Matt, in terms of the smart money, like I guess I I don't even remember thinking about that that much with Hicks. I I, I suppose probably a lot of people were saying that. To to your point about smart money, I thought that like Rizzo and Gallo, they weren't really money; they were trades. But I thought they were smart trades. And that's the thing with that too, with signings and with trades is something that looks really good on paper might, might be fucking shit. I mean, Gallo, Gallo was like the biggest bust I can remember in recent Yankees history. I mean, he was atrocious, fucking atrocious. And he's coming back next year. Yep. We have him for another year. Yep. Okay. He's got to go. I bet you he's on the block. His value is low. We're not going to get much for him, but how do you bring him back after that? Um. So the other one that, that you know, and it pains me to say this, but DJ is going to have to have a three, a good, good three years to make that contract look better. Oh my God. Make yeah. Look better. Yeah. I'd say really in the past three or four years, the best contract I can point to, and this is still debatable, but it's Seve's contract is the best one I can point to. It was yeah. like a four million, four year, $40 million, something like that, where um, locked him up, but not for too much, but he got a payday. Like that, that's really the only thing I can look at and go, eh, that was okay. Pretty good. Yeah. But everything else, I, I worry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, it, and it's all hard. Like, um, I don't want to stay on the Yankees forever. Yeah. Sorry guys. Yeah. Sorry, sorry listeners. I, <laughs> like the Yankees aren't the only team to get fleeced by, you know, trying th- that trend of signing all these young players and trying to eat up those arbitration years. I mean, this is all shit that, I mean, this, this is why I think there's definitely going to be some type of strike. Uh, this coming season is because like the way that the front offices want to operate and the way the players want to operate is so completely different that this is why you have some bad, you know, really, really bad signings when yet there's all this data and analytics in the game today and teams still can't get it right. It's because they're so focused on saving a dollar when, and the players are so focused on getting the dollar that both aren't like, to me, they're, they're both not understanding like the longer term ramifications of what they're doing. Like, that's not the case with the DJ signing. That's not the case with those trades that you mentioned, Ethan, but with Seve, with Hixie to a certain extent, I mean, definitely Seve. I mean, they were locking him up early because of what he had done those first couple of years, just like Acuna with, with the Braves and you know, that, that trend, that whole thing that was going through. And like, that's a shit ton of money for people that come from those countries and, grow up with nothing and like so of course they're going to take that money and and of course the teams are going to do it because then they're not going to have to pay them you know 30 million dollars in arbitration like they might have to with judge this year if they don't reach an agreement and and everything like that's that's the disconnect so um you if you guys want to have final talk about the the play at home i already said my piece that he was out by a mile i thought it was terrible it was obviously the turning point of the game and Turning point of the season, clearly, because they're no longer playing. That's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, they said he was running well, but he was still out by a, a long shot. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, he was running well. I mean, Judge is huge, and he doesn't look graceful, but he takes long fucking strides. Like, he moves pretty well. I think 
The only thing that I can think of, I, I get the arguments that it was a terrible call, and I think maybe it kind of was, but I can understand why Nevin sent him. It was a fucking rocket. It was 115 miles an hour. Um, and your instinct on a hit like that is like, oh shit, like let's fucking carousel, let's go. And also he's, he was known, especially as a player, I was just reading about this. He was known for like being insanely passionate. Um, he was probably really excited in the moment and it probably was really easy to forget about the fact that, okay, there's the green monster. And because Stan hits the ball, hits the ball harder than anyone alive, that carom could be really, really fast. And the, and the outfielders, yeah. Yeah, and the outfielders might get it really fast and get it right back in. In the excitement of the moment, it's possible that that just slipped his mind. I, I don't know, but I, I get it. It was, yeah, not a great call in the turning point. I would say now, that's more likely than him thinking about Gallo coming up next and stranding those two runners on the base. Oh, yeah, I don't think argument. that was... Yeah, that, that's too much to process. No. Yeah, no way. Yeah, in the moment, no fucking way. No. Now, now Ethan, do I have to say it or, or do you want to say it or can I say it? I'm going to say it. Say it. Can, I don't know what you mean. took French, right? Yes. Okay, it's it's Acuna. Acuna. <laughs> it's an oh, oh, you were going to. I N-A. thought about correcting Colin, Colin but I, <laughs> I thought I, about I it, like but I wasn't going to bother, but Matt did. Wow. Okay. I felt like being a dick. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, yeah. wait. You do. That's amazing. Oh, Oh, I love that. So we'll have to get one of me doing the Polar Express then voice. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll go get a sound effect for that. Absolutely. Jay Landry will be so happy. He'll be very happy. Yeah. 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 And uh, by the way, before we leave the Yankees, G is a fucking beast. Get off his fucking ass forever. Yeah. He's awesome. I don't want to hear any of that slander. The way he's performed the last two postseasons, I know it was just one game this year, but the way he performed down the stretch, that dude's a monster. Yeah. He's awesome. I did like the, there was a couple different memes today of um, him screaming, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, thanks for summing it up, G. I get it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Totally summed it up. Well, now we have uh, 10 minutes left for non-Yankees. So I think we did really, I think we did. Well, really well. well okay. Update, update. Uh, the Dodgers are losing. Are they really? One nothing. By One nothing, third. right? Yeah. No, only the third. The Dodgers yeah. is so crazy. I'm really, I'm, I'm so interested in this game. The Dodgers were like so fucking good this year. They won like 105 games or something. That does not happen often at all. That's yeah. fucking rare pretty much. But the Giants just happen to be a little bit better. So they're in <laughs> second place with 105 wins, which is just already insane. But then the fact that they're playing the Cardinals, who were like mediocre the whole year, but then went on this insane hot streak at the end, and because it's the Cardinals, they might fucking win this game. And the Dodgers might be a 105-win wild card loser, which is bonkers. Yep. It's like Labor Day. Around Labor Day, the Cardinals are like, oh, oh yeah, the playoffs are coming soon. I guess we got to start playing baseball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah. Just, like, holy shit. Like, holy shit. Yeah. And this is why uh, this will also change with the CBA. It'll be a three-game series starting next year. There's no way that this they're ever going to let this happen again, especially when it's a team like the Dodgers spending the money. Yeah. yeah and like having to, want. and having to come down to one game after having that kind of a season. Yep. Just yep. throwing it out there. It's, it's Trevor Bauer karma. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but we don't know all of the information yet. No, no, we don't. But and, and, the, and the Dodgers didn't know that when they signed no. Bauer right. to, no. to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I mean, maybe, I like maybe they could but so, but and, he's also a notorious dick. So. And by the way, though, if you want to talk about the Dodgers having Trevor Bauer karma, then we have Araldis Chapman and Domingo Herman oh, yeah. karma because they oh, actually yeah. got straight up real suspensions for domestic abuse. But the Yankees, because they have no scruples, 
went ahead and got Chapman when he was uh, cheapest. Right buy low, after sell that. high, buy low again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we got that fucking karma too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cashman obviously had no cares about that because they bought him low and then they sold him real high and then just signed him. Again, exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was fucking smart. Like as an executive, right, it was right. it was really it's, smart. Yeah. But morally, eh, not great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So since we're not going to be able to, I don't think people want us to cover every postseason yeah, they don't uh, matchup. Um, and I don't know enough about all we the can give like give general thoughts. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I mean, my thinking is it, if the Dodgers can win this game, they're the favorites to win the World Series. Betting wise, they, they are. Yeah, they, they even, are even before the mo- even before they are the most favored team in all like like last 60 years in terms of betting odds. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know they might get sent home after one game. Yeah. If and what's insane don't... is that that's like they have a former MVP who was like the worst player, literally almost yeah. the worst player in the league this year as a former yeah, talk MVP. Talk about regression. And oh, it's also belly, like, oh, right? well, but, oh, hey, we got Mookie bets. Cool. Like, yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, hey, let's sign a future Hall of Famer um, with 660 home runs or whatever for peanuts just because. And, like, yeah, he was terrible when he lived over there in town. But when he moves over here in town, he's at least passable (laughs) and is going to produce for us. Like, just dumb shit that they were, I mean, very smart about. And I I swear, like, maybe, maybe the drainage system at, you know, Dodger Stadium is, like, lined with, like vacuum sealed bags of hundred dollar bills or something. Cause I don't know how they're paying for this all. Yeah. But I mean, I'm thinking like breaking bad storage unit full of money type <laughs> money right now because. Oh my God. So like, no, sorry, Matt. Yeah. Finish that. No, just so much. I mean, they, they just keep throwing it around and it's, it's nuts. So I just, I had forgotten about Cody Bellinger. So for those who don't know, when Matt was just alluding to a former MVP who had really bad regression, talking about Cody Bellinger, uh, what does he usually play for them? Outfield? Outfield, right yeah. field, maybe. Yeah. So Cody Bellinger is 26 years old, and he won the MVP, what, in 2019? Yes. When he, when he was 23. Dude's a fucking stud. He came, up, he came up when he was 21 years old, and he hit 39 homers. He had a 933 OPS. Like, he's fucking amazing. This year, 165 batting average. And you know I don't give a shit about batting average, but 165 batting average and a 542 OPS. Now this is in 95 games, not a full season, but that's that's more than a small sample. Yeah, that's that's, that's a full that's more well more than uh, than half of a season. Negative 1.5 wins above replacement. Holy yeah. shit. As a 26-year-old, that level of regression that is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Holy fuck. But the Dodgers, as you said, are so stacked it doesn't even matter. You know. Well, and that's that's why I, why I love following the story in the West so much is because like the Giants are just like floor sweepings. Like it's just like, oh, we got an old guy, Evan Longoria at third, and yeah, we traded for Chris Bryant. He'll play some, but like half of our pitching staff is kind of old. And yeah, like, they're all old. Brandon but Crawford's like been good. our best player, which is kind of weird. And Buster Posey's doing okay again, but it's just it's it's such a weird hodgepodge that came together beautifully. Yeah. How do you bet against them though when they when they ran the table this well all fucking year? I know that the Dodgers are definitely the best team when you look at them on paper. The Dodgers are the best team in the league regardless whether it's the playoffs or not. But after the year the Giants just had, I mean if the Giants and the Dodgers end up playing, which that would be the would that be the division series, I guess? 
Yep. That's too bad. That would be more fun as a as the championship series. But if that ends up happening, I mean, I see it as 50-50. I guess a lot of people probably do go the way of the of the of the betting and and say that it's the Dodgers, but I don't know how you bet against the Giants that strongly after the year they just had. Yeah, yeah I'm, I got to look up their their splits against. Like, it's incredibly difficult to win however many games they won, 106, 107. We did this one time, not on the pod, but we went back and we looked like in the modern era at how many times teams had won, say, like 103 or more games. Because 100, 101, 102 is not super, super uncommon. 103 and above is pretty fucking rare. Yeah. And so, like, I, I think people need to not discount that accomplishment. Like, yeah, the Giants are hard to understand. We don't know how it happened. But that's like been done a handful of times in the modern era to win that many games. Like it's it's really fucking good. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, why you're looking that up, Matt. I will say I'm rooting for, I'm being very petty. I'm rooting for all National League teams to win the World Series. Because um, fuck the Red order, Sox, fuck the Rays, fuck the Astros. My order of American League teams is White Sox first. Yeah. Rays second. Really? Yep. Astros third, Red Sox last. Okay. I, I just, I, I can't. In a season where the Red Sox clearly should not win the World Series, if the Red Sox win the fucking World Series, like I, I don't know how I'm going to watch baseball next year. I just can't take <laughs> an off season of Red Sox fans shoving that down our throats. That that would be the worst. Like I'm I'm far enough away from the whole Astros stuff where like they've replaced they they've moved up and that and the Red Sox are back down at the bottom. Interesting. Okay. I will Almost say there. I will say I'm I'm very interested in White Sox Astros series. I think that's going to be one of the more interesting ones. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be super fun. Um I feel like it's probably if we're if it'd be interesting. I mean, I get we don't have to do like official predictions or whatever because everybody does that, but I feel like I feel like Giants or Dodgers probably win it all. Um just based it's hard to imagine. The one thing I guess and this is interesting, Matt, I don't know if this is what you're looking up with your splits. The one thing with the Dodgers and the Giants, the one caveat, I guess, that we would need to remember is that at the bottom of their division, you know, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks were absolute shit. So you have to take that into account, that the Dodgers and the Giants got a lot of wins from two really shitty teams in their own division. So I guess you got it. That's one little caveat there. But What I was looking for was head-to-head. Oh, okay. And head-to-head, the Dodgers or the Giants were 10-9. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. So it's, I hope it's, the Dodgers win that, that DS would be really fun. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that's all I've got right now. Is it still okay. one, nothing? Yeah. Still one, nothing. Bases were loaded last time I saw. Um, oh, no, innings over. So yeah, the, the Cardinals got out of it. Damn. Who started say for the Dodgers? Scherzer. Yeah. Scherzer. Oh yeah. I mean, only one, nothing like that's. Yeah, but you know, but you know, <laughs> you know how the Cardinals scored was a Scherzer wild pitch. Wow, <laughs> Mad Max got a little too wild. Jesus, wow, the fucking oh, Cardinals, still, of course. Our that's best friend, the wild pitch. Don't tap his butt, and his eyes are different colors. I got to remind <laughs> everyone that. Yeah, all the time. right. He's <laughs> nuts. So, him. Ethan, you think it's either the Giants or the Dodgers? Yeah, I think I think it's the Dodgers if they win. If they don't win, I think it's probably the Giants or the Rays. Yeah, I could see that. How about you, Matt? I mean, I'm saying from my heart, go White Sox and go Brewers. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Even if, fun as shit. Yeah, that would be fun. On the StatCast broadcast last night, they said, um, what, the, the White Sox were in the top 10 for ground ball rate in the whole league. So that, that doesn't play well for the playoffs for power yeah. pitching. Um yeah. And the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers have a pretty nasty starting rotation. Yeah, they've got, really, is, really. Is, is Hater healthy on the back end? I'm um, not sure about that. So the yeah. Brewers, the Brewers could surprise you with how well they pitch. Um, yeah. Minus the one dude that punched the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. One of their really good relievers. Yeah, yeah. broke his hand and is and he's out. Um, so that's where I say that that's my biggest wild card right now. I don't think that the White Sox have a chance, unfortunately. Um, and oh right. man, I, if they won the pennant, because fuck the Astros, fuck the Rays, fuck the Red Sox. Yeah. Like I would love the all White Sox. All three of those. I mean, pennant. it's like it's like a inverse Sophie's Choice. I just hate them all. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and I but, hate it's one of the Rusa, but like, ooh. yeah, but like at least the White Sox have some fun players. Like it would be really cool, mm-hmm. and it would just be cool to see like a team that hasn't. I mean, I guess it was what was it, two thousand and five, when they won it all. I think it was 05. Yep, with Ozzy. Yep. Yeah, so it's not like they've been horrible forever or anything like that, but they're not consistently like really really good or whatever. And it would right. be it would be fun to to see them go really far and because, you know, we hate we hate all those others and plus they're always good. And but, but we know the Astros are you know, their cheating was just so egregious. Yeah. Um for sure. So. Cool. We going to talk right. about music now? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll start us off with the mailbag. I'm going to edit the mailbag because the real question that came in uh, from cousin Greg was he wanted to know what our favorite rap albums were. And I figured that neither one of you has a favorite rap album. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't. Oh, Matt does. All Let right. Matt go. Yeah, there you go. Not, you guys not do really, it. but I'd say um, I'm a white guy. So little, little Dickie's uh, debut was fire. No, uh, probably the rap, the rap album I know the most songs from is like um, three songs from uh dr dre's two, 2001 right the chronic oh yeah um, yeah that, that's probably it okay i guess that's gotta be greg sorry sorry can i choose my favorite hip-hop song <laughs> well i was it's... i was gonna say you, you could just you could tell us just what your favorite actual album is and ass 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 <laughs> ass 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 that's it that's my favorite <laughs> colin you give your real answer uh Favorite rap album? It's probably something Eminem. Um, the real Slim Shady, probably. 
but I mean, I, I, I don't listen to anything new rap. It, it's all, it's all when we were growing up or even things when we were real young, like Pac and Biggie and all them. Um, I, I just don't find new rap that good. So I, I couldn't even tell you anything modern, but um, yeah, you, you definitely like that ass song. That's for sure. I do. I, I hate saying I like Eminem just because I feel like that's such a stereotype of like, oh, of course, I'm a white guy and I like the white <laughs> rapper. Oh, like, let's go listen to some Macklemore, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but I will say, um, I mean, Lil Dicky's a joke and he knows it. Um, Macklemore is a joke. Yeah, but Lil Dicky has some skills, though. Oh, I watched absolutely. a video of him. Yeah, absolutely. he was on a, uh, like a, a, a radio show. I can't remember who or a podcast. Oh, my God. Was that what it was? I don't know, I but he so. did he did this thing, and it was it was fucking unbelievable. Like his rhythm and like the things he it was really really good. Anyway, yeah, he, sorry, I mean Mac. he's good. Uh, Macklemore is a joke. Period. Uh, Eminem actually is you know accepted in part of the part of the lexicon now, but um, I think it's called River. He did it with Ed Sheeran. Like that. That's probably the newest rap song of Eminem's I know. Um, it's really good and it's really powerful. Um, um, he ends like the second verse just yelling like fuck um because of a oh, because yeah. of a poor decision he made oh. um resulting in an abortion so uh yeah actually pretty pretty powerful i suggest <laughs> you listen to it okay. good hook by ed sheeran too very nice there you go sorry greg i don't know more <laughs> well greg next did time, greg tell us what his better. is What's uh Greg's yeah favorite? yeah he did uh i can i can get it um yeah. Let's see. Do you want me to, oh, there you go. He has a Mount Rushmore, uh, Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Style, uh, Jay Z's Blueprint, Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP, and Tupac's All Eyes on Me. All Eyes hmm. on Me. All right. All right. Very so. cool. All right. Thanks, cousin Greg. <laughs> he's our he's our most common mailbag. Yeah. It's like we should just we should coming. just name it the cousin Greg mailbag. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, what at what point do we get him on the show? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, why hasn't he been on yet? Yeah, well, we've had Greg, a lot you lazy of fuck. What do you have? Four small children? Like, forget about it. Who cares about them? Get on the yeah, show. He's in the middle of soccer season right now. Oh he, yeah, he coaches a too. Busy. Yeah, yeah, and he's teaching. And, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so we'll, we'll get him on. Ethan, do you want to give a rundown of the concert we saw on Friday? Yeah, sure. So Matt and, and I and went and saw. Yeah, give, give a little bit. Give a little bit of info about like the genre because that was I. I had heard of this artist, but I wasn't familiar with the genre. But I found myself, like, it was such a good fucking concert. Yeah, yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about this. I'm going to try to go relatively quick because we're, we're already over an hour, and I know we try to stay around an hour. So Matt and I um, went to our first real concert since COVID uh, this weekend. Now, we did see the Avid Brothers at Camden Yards a couple weeks ago, but that's different. It was after a baseball game. It was in the stadium. It was outside. This was our first real concert in a real venue. Um, and it was in this tiny little, um, tiny little venue, super intimate in Baltimore. Um, and I looked it up. Its cap is 125. For those who don't know about venues, 125 is fucking tiny. Um, but oftentimes those are the best shows. They're so intimate. The people who are there are like diehards. The artists are usually incredibly engaged with the audience and it's incredible. And of course this show was exactly like that. Now, I'm going to give just some quick background. So everybody knows about like kind of folk and acoustic music. That's his own thing. And then everybody knows about punk music, kind of raucous and sort of raw and things like that. Right. 
a lot of people don't necessarily know that for years now, those two genres have really melded together a lot. And so you have <clears throat> what has sort of resulted is you have on the one hand, just what some people call like folk punk music. So like acoustic instruments and banjos, but with sort of a punk attitude and a punk rawness to it. Okay. In addition to that, you have what can be variously called like dark folk or gothic folk. Um, and essentially what that's basically trying to allude to is more about the lyrical content, which is to say that these are not going to be happy songs. They're going to be fucking dark. And not only that, a lot of them are going to be like about murders and like from the from the perspective of a murderer or like a serial killer, like not all of them, um, but like dark shit, dark shit. So. The one thing to remember, though, about these artists is, generally speaking, I'm a fan of a lot of these people, and you can tell just by their social media presence, these people are, like, amazing people. Like, it's one thing to write those songs. It's another thing to, you know, they're just great people. They're just really good artists. So the guy we saw was Amigo the Devil, uh, the high, uh, the headliner. He was incredible. It was amazing. Super engaged with the audience. He was really, really funny, um, chatting. He was obviously, like, so generous, having the time of his life. Um, it was just incredible in an amazing way to experience true, true concert uh, for the first time since COVID. Um, and for those who are curious, like dark folk, gothic folk, just like Google some shit, folk punk, you know, you can you can find plenty of stuff of any of those genres online. Um, and it's really, really cool if any of that sounds interesting to you. Um, you know, the certain, the aesthetic aspects that I was mentioning, if any of that sounds interesting. Um, Matt, did I miss anything big? No, there, there's, there's nothing like seeing a genuinely large incredibly talented jolly jovial man just go this next song's about jeffrey Dahmer." yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he literally his song is it's that song is called Dahmer does hollywood it's literally about Dahmer. he has a song about the jonestown massacre the the cult where they all drank the kool-aid and killed themselves back in like 1978 he has a song about that um yeah it's the most it's, intense song about bingo that i've ever heard yeah he has a song about bingo it's so it's called murder at the bingo hall and it's hilarious and it's so good good um yeah he's he's just amazing he's amazing so and the openers were really good too the, one of the openers was the tejon street corner thieves and they were awesome it was a party they were really really good so anyways that's the deal with uh that kind of music Best washboard playing I've seen this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> That's right. There was a washboard player with those guys. There's yeah, a washboard skateboard symbol. Yeah, contraption. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was awesome. But it was an amazing show. And Matt and I are going to go and see my favorite band of all time this Friday, Trampled by Turtles. Uh, they're in D.C. And so obviously, yeah, exactly. Yes. And. Uh, so that's going to be amazing. Um, my two, basically, the two greatest nights of my life were two specific trampled concerts. Um, you know, because obviously music is my life. But so that'll be awesome. I'm very excited for that. I was just going to ask what the lineup is. There is there any openers or anything for Friday? So it's a double. It's a co-headliner. So it's them. They're actually on first, and then the other headliner is a band called Mount Joy, who I don't really know. Matt, we'll see what we're feeling, whether we want to stay the whole time yeah, or not. I, I was figured. Say the same thing. Like, yeah. yeah. If they're good, cool. If not, eh, yeah. Cool, and then we'll right. go, yeah, then we go, yeah, go hang out somewhere. But yeah, so trampled in Mountain Joy. So yeah, very yeah. cool. I, I wanted to bring it up because I, I knew you guys went to the show last week and I knew you had this one coming up. I, I wanted to be there for TBT. I like them a lot too. And, um, you know, just I haven't been, I haven't been to a, I was, talking about this with toddy i haven't been to a live show since before we moved to charlotte holy shit Ooh, yeah isn't that been Ooh. how long has that been 
2018. Right Holy. before, right before we moved, we went to Buffalo to see the Eagles. I mean, wow! Like kiddos, so I, I know that's like yeah. partially understandable, but come on, we gotta yeah, we gotta get you on there and get you to get you to the show. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we it wouldn't have been that way had the pandemic because we like we were gonna uh, blink one eighty two uh, is was gonna be here is going to be here next year. They've postponed a couple times mm. because of the pandemic, so yeah. that, like that's one off the top of my head that we definitely gotcha. would have gone to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. There's there's some good venues down here. I mean, and the other reason that it was on my mind was um, I got my dad for his birthday. Stevie Van Zandt, uh, the uh, lead guitarist for Springsteen's band, came out with a memoir, and uh, so much of it so far of what I've read. <laughs> I'm speed reading it, Dad, before I give it to you for for your birthday. Sorry, um, but so much of what I've read is about Southside Johnny and, and the Asbury Jukes, um, the the other Jersey band to come out associated with all them, and um, so I started listening to Southside a little bit more. Um, might have heard the Southside song to start this podcast episode, inspired by that. So, um, yeah, I just uh, it just got me you know, really thinking about every time I feel like I'm fading away from music, like something like that will pull me back in. I'll be like, Oh my God, it's so incredible. And like, for me, you know, someone who it's almost like someone who sees, saw me as an athlete and was like, Oh my God, how'd you do that? And I'm like that with musicians. Like I want to be able to do that, but I, I can't Um, maybe I could if I, I worked at it, but I can't. And it's just like this dream of like standing on stage and being, you know, the boss or, you know, doing, doing whatever they do on a, on a nightly basis. And um, some of that like aura, I guess, is, is really what uh, gets me interested in music too, is just thinking about all the backstories and just realizing that, that like, just like we talk about with athletes all the time, like musicians are just regular people, just like us that have all the same shit happen to them. And, um, you'll go through all, all these trials and tribulations through, throughout life. So um, that's why it was all on my mind. I, I was just thinking about you guys. I was reading that book and I was like, we haven't talked about music and I haven't been to a live show in forever. Like let's, let's put the good, good vibes out there. I'm, I'm going to get to something soon. I mean, yes. ultimately if you don't get, get out, we're going to like force Timmy to babysit and we're going to take you and Dottie to a, yeah. New Year's Eve show if they do another one down near you guys. Yeah, yeah, and we can we can just keep an eye on Charlotte shows, me and you, yeah. Matt, and just and just pick one and be like, all right, Colin, you're going. Yeah, I have no problem making yeah. that trip down there. We'll yeah. stop at another brewery or two on the way, Ethan. And yeah, exactly. Make yeah. a weekend of it. Exactly. But now, Colin, really quick, you said Blink One Eighty Two. Are you a, a Matt Skiba or a Tom DeLonge Blink One Eighty Two guy? I I I don't care either way. <laughs> Yeah, are those what? I, what does this mean? Is that the lead singers, or are there two different? No, 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 no. Well, so Tom DeLonge quit the band because he got all psycho about UFOs. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go spread those UFO awareness. So they replaced him uh, with this guy named Matt Skiba, and uh, okay. I mean, he, I, I just I, I don't know. I, I don't like the way they sound with him. So not That's that I'm a huge two fan, but. And wow. the the actual band I meant to say is Matchbox Twenty. So sorry, Toddy. Oh, Matchbox Where's Twenty. Where you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good Rob Thomas. Yeah, I like that one. So, uh, all right, so good. I appreciate. Yes. I, I, I don't. I don't do that in jest. I appreciate some Matchbox Twenty, or you know, sometimes you just got to drive around in your car at in the middle of the night with some Goo Goo Dolls blaring. You know, it's like 
sometimes you just need that for your soul. So Rob Thomas mm-hmm. fits that category. Very nice. <laughs> she loves Rob Thomas. That's that's her favorite. The voice. She's like, oh, the voice. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Toddy, go get a room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, boys, we did Let's it again. See how far we did we've it. come. <laughs> Let's see how far we've come. That's Matt saying about the podcast. Ethan I'm say, saying cut it right there. The you, you know, cut it on Matt's fucking thingy right there. All right, see you later. Adios. <laughs>